Hiya, this is Trev from Summit or Nothing. You're currently listening to The Life of Movement. In today's episode, we discuss hiking, mountaineering and wild camping. Welcome back listeners. This is your podcast for inspiring, informative content for all things outdoors and health related. With interviews, reviews and experiences that will motivate you and inform you about all things outside. I'm your host, Kieran Clark. This is The Life of Movements. So... Good evening, Trev. How are we? Hello, Kieran. I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? I'm I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, obviously, do apologise for any people listening out there if you hear a bit of noise. Um, Trev, so at nothing is processing the next video for you guys to enjoy. Yeah, it's taking a bit longer than I'd hoped, and uh, it's all uh, creating lots of nice background noise through my laptop. Sorry about that. It's fine, mate. You know, it's it's okay to live in a wind tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> I trevved it up. <laughs> I trevved it up. <laughs> uh, also, looking at you, you know, you don't do anything by halves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, a slight disagreement there. Um, for, a, for a few of your videos, are oh, mate, they've had me laughing at my head off. Yeah. Well, we're um, very it's, not, it's not. It's not comedy. It's um, we're very serious about it. <laughs> very serious <laughs> why so serious yeah, <laughs> yeah no we, uh, we uh, like to uh, tit about make a fool of ourselves we've tried to leave in all the bits that other people might cut out but you know we do make mistakes and uh, yeah why cut those bits out and that's probably the most what the mistakes yeah <laughs> nothing to do when you get like caught out or anything like that but you know yeah. just, just leave them in we'll love them exactly yeah <laughs> we, we all enjoy them um obviously people who have seen your youtube channel and people who haven't there's loads of videos on there of all different varieties different yeah. things but all you know have got a sort of theme regarding the outdoors yeah um also a lot of content of dartmoor on there yeah that's our um, home and perth so you are very lucky. I know it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, especially through the uh, the lockdown. Just being able to get there from my front door, it's been great. So my local walks, I could just sort of sneak up onto the moors and do sort of eight nine miles. And uh, now it's it's all been eased a bit. I'm doing sort of longer walks. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, but you are definitely in the small minority at the moment who actually can get out there into the proper countryside, not this fake countryside some of us live in. Yeah, I, I feel for anyone who's uh, sort of trapped in their house. And I know people can travel a bit further now, and I know a lot, a lot of people are, but still a lot of people feel they're doing their bit by staying local. And I've been trying to do the same, really. Um, I'm dying to get back out on the coast path, but I thought I won't. I'm not travelling too far, and I've got all this right on my doorstep. One yeah. step at a time, isn't it? So. <laughs> One step forward. Yeah. <laughs> got, got got to get there, haven't we all? Exactly. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> um. Obviously, with you spending so much time in Dartmoor, do you have any particular areas you enjoy, or any you know experiences you've done out there which stand out? Um, I love the North Moor. I haven't had a lot of experience on the South Moor yet, but um, like I say, I'm 
situated right at the very top of the North Moor, so I can get there from my house, and it's like all the highest tours, and it's just, when you get up there, it's amazing. It's just really vast, and it's like this, yeah, you feel like you're out there on your own. Um, you feel like you're actually in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's my favourite areas, the tours around there, there's some real, real beautiful tours. And the Merivale area is another area that's sort of on the underside of the North Moor. Yeah. Yeah, some, yeah fantastic around there. Good hiking. Can get a bit Good camping. Cold. Good camping, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm missing the camping at the moment. I've seen other YouTubers have started to sort of uh, make the break for it, you know, and just sneak in a camping here and there, but... The way I see it is that I'm sort of people are watching me. Um, it's not that I'm being judged, but I don't want to lead other people to feel oh, he's doing it. I should do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to lead people astray. You no, feel we've... like a responsibility to your audience. Exactly, we have a bit, and um, I think it is a shame we can't camp on Dartmoor because I can I can see really no issue with that if you're up there on your own. If you're not. But I imagine that they've brought that no camping rule in just to prevent people from sort of travelling to camp and make their own camping holidays on Dartmoor. Because pe- people have been visiting just for the day and the state people are leaving it. And you just think, what is going on here? You know? Who comes I to a beauty- chaos. Yeah, who comes to a beauty spot like this and leaves it in such a state of rubbish everywhere? It's something that's always gone on but just now that during this it's, it's, it's worse because people are flocking there really rather than just the odd one here and there it's like it's, it's crazy it's strange it's not the but usual it, people who go out there you know who respect the, that no leave no trace rule you know like yourself you know you're obviously experienced wild camper walker you yeah. know you know not to tr- not to tarnish anywhere exactly yeah you don't you know you leave no what is it? They say, uh, leave no trace. Yeah, leave, uh, take memories, leave. What is it? Oh, I can't remember. Something about that. Uh, it's, like, it's like leave nothing but footprints or something like that. Yeah, leave nothing but footprints, take nothing but memories. Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Not only end. <laughs> <laughs> so, some roundabout way. It's always you get there. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, I get there in the end. Well, that, that's sort of your motto, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Summit or nothing. Have- Oh, definitely, man. Also, I see a couple of your videos. One of them, um, you were stood there on top and just came shouting something or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. that cracked me up. That's our thing. So, uh, we don't do it as much as we used to, I must admit. We did used to do it every tour we got up and shout. But then, uh, you know, it's. Do you get noise complaints? Well, that, we haven't had any, but I, I'm sort of more aware of it now, you know. And um, I tend to like if it's the highest of the day, I'll give a good shout. Or if there's no one around, if there's someone there, I'll get there. And there's someone there, I, I won't bother. I did just release on a, a, a video we'd done a couple of years ago when we went up Scarfall Pike, um, yeah, in the Lake District. And I've re-edited the videos recently because I've my editing software. 
uh, renders at a better quality than it used to. So I'm really going through a lot of the older videos, cutting them down from their original length. That one was like an hour and 15. And I cut it wow. down yeah, to about half an hour, which is much more manageable and much more entertaining. But the uh, shout at the top was actually faked. <laughs> and we stole oh, really? it. Really? Because there was that many people there. And we, not because we didn't want to ruin everyone else. We just got embarrassed and we said, should we just mime it? And I can dub it on afterwards. So I sort of came clean in the re-edit recently. Um, behind so, the scenes yeah it was uh, just one of those things at the time where it's like people are going to expect us to shout it but we didn't want to shout it so we just pinched it from another video and, uh, <laughs> dubbed it over the top it worked uh, ain't, ain't nothing but dub no. <laughs> it me. but we did do it again on another video a couple of years ago uh, a year later um and people were starting to go, but why is no one reacting in the background <laughs> when you shout? So we're like, yeah, I've pushed it too far. We'll leave it now. If we don't shout, we don't shout. We're not going to pretend. It's, it's just not going to shout, shout, let it all out. Yeah. Well, yes, these are the things we can do without. <laughs> Those aren't the dreams that you can live without. Oh, that's, you know that. <laughs> That does definitely was not plagiarism at all. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I've never ever quoted those words anywhere or heard that song ever. Not song, I mean words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you've done Snowden as well, which is one of my preferred stomping grounds. Right. Yeah. How did you like that? Do you enjoy it? Um. Yeah, I did. It was the first mountain I'd ever done, and at that point, I'd only been hiking for like three months, and we'd literally only done like three, three or four hikes before that. Um, so it was a real shock to the system. To be honest, it took a long time to get up it. Um, but yeah, we couldn't have had better day, better weather for it. It was absolutely stunning up there. The views you could see for miles. It was nice and warm and dry. Yeah, I couldn't ask for better conditions, but just, uh, yeah, it was a bit out of shape for that time. So by the time we got to um, Ben Nevis, I'd been hiking quite a lot on the southwest coast path, which has been brilliant training, really. Yeah. So it really helped get my stamina up. So Ben Nevis, we... It felt like we skipped up it, you know. It was the biggest out of the three mountains, and um, it felt the easiest. So, yeah, definitely the coast path is helping me get up these mountains. Good training. Are you all lucky, mate? I want to do the South Downs Way this year, um, yeah. which has been tarnished by this bloody lockdown. Oh, everything! You know, I'm supposed to be going to the Himalayas at the end of the year. I don't know if that's still happening or not. I shouldn't imagine it will be. What about postponing it? That's uh, for raising funds for a local charity to us, Hospice Care. Um, yeah. That was like a, I think a 10-day trek in Nepal. Ooh, that sounds quite nice. It looks stunning. But um, yeah, whether that happens or not remains to be seen at the moment. You'll have to let me know, mate. 
Yeah, well, there will be videos. <laughs> that is just so I can mention it. Drum. Say again. I, said, I don't go anywhere without the camcorder. Okay, <laughs> so you have to let me know uh, when you if you do do it, just so I can mention it as well. Because, you know, hospice care is a good thing to be ra- charity raising for. It is something yeah. that I think is underfunded. Yeah, it is, and they're going to lose out a lot of money at the moment as well because there's not as much fundraising going on. Hundred um, percent. But um, I'm actually. Just announced a couple of days ago that I'm walking to. Uh, I'm going to walk the entire length of Dartmoor from north to south in a day, which is just over 30 miles, and um, that's going to raise some money for hospice care. So that's up on my Facebook page at the moment. There's a link to my Just Giving page. So yeah, hopefully. Well, when about you doing that? Um, I haven't pinned a date on it because I'm sort of doing it on my own, doing it solo, I thought it'd be, I can just pick a day really, I can see when the weather's good, so it's going to be sort of around a month and a half, two months, I'm looking, just to get some funds raised beforehand, and then, uh, yeah, I'll just sort of pick a, pick a day, and head off and do it. Mate, that's definitely a worthwhile cause, yeah. um, like you said, you know, do a cross out more in a day, worthwhile cause, there's no excuse really for anybody out there not to donate no, fantastic <laughs> yeah uh, just as soon as i announced it i you know having a good following on youtube instantly you know i made sort of in the first hour after i'd announced i'd raised 120 quid so it's just it's just brilliant having this uh youtube channel for things like this i've done the uh, jurassic coast mighty hike last year raised about a thousand pounds that so yeah a, a fantastic audience and it's great to be able to use use the channel to raise money for these different charities which is uh yeah it's a, it's a great sort of a, a great sort of achievement when you're doing it for other people and not just for yourself you know, it's good something i'm new definitely to. right <laughs> so i've not really done any sort of fundraising at all you know, in the past, um, sponsored things for school and you sort of get five off your mum and a couple quid off your grandparents. <laughs> and I think that was about it. But now I'm in a position where, you know, I can. It's, it's brilliant. Just make the most of that, isn't it? Using your powers for good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Exactly. As you said before, you know, you've got the platform where you could make, you can and have made a positive impact. Yeah, it's, um, it's a strange thing because when we started, it was just, I just had the inclination to get up some mountains. I'd never really done any hiking. Nathan was a bit more uh, into, the, into the hiking than I was. And yeah, it just, we've just learned sort of, learned by our mistakes, started at the bottom and filmed everything and it's amazing now the progress we've made and also just the sort of feedback we get from our viewers and how the amount of people that say we've helped get them up off the sofa and to visit these places and to get out walking. And I think that's, that's fantastic, really, that it's having that impact. And 
yeah, it's just surprising, really, because when I started, I was adamant that people were switching off, watching us and going, who are these idiots? And <laughs> switching off towards someone much more professional. Um, but people like to see real people making, you know... Idiots of themselves. Making idiots of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kieran. <laughs> Mate, I'll make an idiot myself all the time. It's just... Yeah. I have the pleasure of being able to cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, well, like I say, I like to, we like to keep it in there. Sometimes we do, I don't know, it's more things that look untidy that I would cut out than sort of mistakes we're making ourselves or, you know, it's... Yeah. The editing is like a, a wobbly shot rather than... <laughs> us getting stuck in a bog or walking two miles off course you know <laughs> so. mate we've all done that yeah oh, i've done it bike. definitely yeah so you're, you're more into biking did you say um no i'm into like fruit like yourself you know a bit of backpacking um definitely getting into through hiking at the moment um yeah. plan on as i said doing the south downs way hopefully the later part of this year yeah, how long is this South Downs? One hundred twenty miles. Oh wow! So that's a four or five, five day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be like my first like true test of how far I can hike. Um, yeah. you know, in an extended period, you know, I can do twenty miles, you know, two days back to back, but I've never done over that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think the the mighty hike was the most I've ever walked. That was twenty seven miles. Usually I'm out sort of 10, 15 miles, so I'm not a massive fruit hiker myself. So, yeah, good on you having a go at it. Oh, it Matt, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I definitely am. Yeah. As soon as you're allowed, as soon as you get the green light, you'll be out there. Oh, mate, I definitely will. Like I was saying, like yourself, I've, my stomping grounds are Wales, so I'm used to going up and down. And up and down. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, the coast. That's why the coast has been so good, because you literally are up on the cliffs and then you're down right right down to sea level. And then you're up. It's a constant sort of uh, rise and fall, but it's it's just great, great training. Mate, you lose yourself in your scenery as well, I find, when you're doing that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it puts, puts everything into context for me, I think, being on the horse and, you know, somewhere that's been sculpted by time and it really... Uh, yeah, Is that you or the hills? <laughs> Both. <laughs> but, no, you know, you look at the, the shorelines and you look at these tours and they've just been chiselled away over, like, millennia and you just, you just realise how, sort of, minuscule all our problems are a fleeting uh, flash of existence exactly yeah i like to not think that you know we're pointless but <laughs> our, our problems certainly are pointless you know we're here we just make make the most of what we've got but um definitely makes you think if you've got an issue and you're out and you've got something playing on your mind and you go out for a walk and you think eh, you know in a thousand years who's going to know about it <laughs> what's it matter even in a year's time that's, 
that's uh, always been sort of a saying of mine is if you're having you're fighting with yourself about some something in your life just say in a year's time who's going to care and then you oh yeah it's fine it's not really a problem is it you just make it a problem in your head oh um, mate 100 percent so it's just something I've, I've found that helps. <laughs> I've got a little saying as well. Um, d- death is temporary. Glory is forever. Yep. Yep. Kind of. That's a little saying. <laughs> I think I see what you mean by that. Oh, 100%. You know, your legacy, um, which is something on nothing, you know, even after you've gone, you know, thanks to the wonderful world of the interweb, will be there forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, my son convinces me he's going to take it on. My youngest son, but he doesn't like to go for walks, so I can't see it happening too soon. But he always tells me he's summit enough, summit or nothing, the next generation. But <laughs> go for a walk, and he's always the first one to say, "I'm bored, I'm tired." So just see how he pans out. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that's, that's what we all say. Yeah, you've got, you've got to wait and see what life throws at you. Exactly. Or see what your wife throws at you. Uh, that, or, yeah. Well, you could start doing laps of your garden. Yes. It's not a very big garden, and now we've got this massive trampoline in it that we bought for the kids for lockdown. That's my tent space. I was quite, uh, was quite peeved to have lost my garden. But they do go out and play on it, so it's fine. The, minute the tent or the out, trampoline? Trampoline. The minute they stop playing on that trampoline, it's coming down. <laughs> I'm having my tent. Mate, I feel for you. You know, you're not having any space in your garden to pitch your tent. That is no, no. terrible. Got, yeah, a tiny little bit of space now. It's what it is, isn't it? But I haven't done... I've actually, a lot of people have been camping in their gardens and during lockdown. I've done that once, one night, at the very beginning. And uh, it's not the same. It's you not. Just, no, you just think, what am I here for? Telly's in there. And I'm going to put, that's my editing. Sorry, did you hear that ping? It's all right, mate. Finished. Yay. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, camping in your garden, you're like, oh, I'll just go in and make another coffee. And I just, you know, it's not the same. Also, go and find myself another beer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as you probably heard, if you listen to Ash's interview, camping and beer apparently goes together very well. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, the YouTubers do like the beers and do the ale reviews and what have you. But to to be honest, I've never I've never taken a beer on on a hike with me. I don't think. Oh, really? Gin, and I've taken rum, have a little hip flask, mm. but I'm not I'm not really one for the, the beers on the trail. Just it's extra weight, isn't it? Extra weight? You yeah. never, ever, ever go over your pack load, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm getting it down. I'm down to about nine kilos, I think, and that's, that's good for me. That's including food and water. Wow, um, that is right. Yeah, better than when we first started going out. It was like between 18 and 20 kilos. That was like me as well. <laughs> Yeah, I've never yeah, been a, a big beer drinker like that on the trail. 
to be honest. Oh, Just a, I it. find a tot of rum warms your cockles. It does. It definitely does. But then uh, I've not been a big beer drinker like that, to be honest. Even when we used to go to music festivals and that, I'd have put boy. I always think, why is everyone getting drunk? They're not going to really remember what they're watching. <laughs> so I'd be the sober one, just sort of, sort of watching and listening to the music, and everyone else would be off their faces. I have oh, no really. idea what we're on about. <laughs> That's fine, That's mate. Fun. You know, different yeah. things for different people. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Different who's for different horses? Yeah. Is there something else about courses? Horses for courses? Horses for courses. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not stuck in this loop. Yeah. We're just going to go round and round and round in circles. Yeah, in a vortex of uh, ever decreasing phrases of random English rubbish. Yeah, words. Just stringing random words together. Doesn't do anyone. That doesn't do anyone a favour whatsoever. We won't do your podcast any favour. Well, that's the problem. You know, nobody will be able to see how much we're laughing our heads off. <laughs> They'd probably think, what are these idiots doing? They probably would. I, I must say that um, I struggle live. I've done a live um, stream the other week to give away a, a tent giveaway. And I've done a fundraiser for the hospice care. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll do a live stream and announce the winner. Q&A, and I'll tell you what, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, uh, summit or not, harder than climbing up a mountain. The minute it started, I was like, oh, this is it. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, I can talk to a camera when there's no one else there, and imagine I'm talking to everyone else, but the minute I'm interacting with public, and for ages I was like, is anyone going to ask me any questions? No, no, and I was didn't realise that I had to scroll down the comments. They wasn't scrolling themselves, and there was hundreds of questions. All these people asking questions, just watching me going, well, I don't know what to say. If you're not asking me any questions, I can't answer. And then I scrolled down. I thought, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> Trev it up again. Trev it up again. Have <laughs> you had any you know, failed world camps at all? Uh, yeah. Couple, we've had some horrendous. Uh, yeah, we've been out a couple of times now where there's been real horrendous weather. They always happen to be our favourite. You know, the, the viewers' favourites. They get the massive views. People like to see us suffer. Um, <laughs> once we went up to the Brecon Beacons and we was going to camp in the snow, and when we got there, it was there was no snow. It was gale force winds and torrential rain. And we decided not to bother, so we drove home, got KFC and went home. Um, a couple of times been at Dartmoor, and it's, it's horrendous, it's wet, and then through the night, along comes the gale force winds. We've been caught up three or four times like that. Um, Nath got the worst of it when his tent, well, he's in a tarp, and where he pitched his tarp, it was sort of like the bottom of a hill and all the water run down and he was 
sort of in this puddle through the night. <laughs> and oh. then another time I went out with a chap called um, Tom from another YouTube channel called Off the Beaten Pop. And we'd set up our tents and retired into our tents and then he shouted across, have you seen the weather report, Trevor? It's a 60 mile an hour wind's going to hit us right on this side of the hill we were on. And we got annihilated. Uh, his tent actually got buckled to hell. Um, he had to get new poles sent for him from MSR. But, uh, oh, really? Yeah. It completely buckled his tent. And, uh, yeah, Ouch. about five o'clock in the morning, we was like, no, this is just stupid. So we packed up and walked home, walked back to the car. So, yeah, we do get some... Some extreme weather wild camps, but like I say, they're the ones people want to see, so it's good to go out. But They just want to see you suffer, is that what you're yeah, saying? They love to see us suffer, they're a spiteful lot. Yeah. <laughs> spiteful lot. Is that your nickname for them? Yeah, not only then, only when they're... They all comment and say, we do love to see it when you are getting battered by the winds and they're, they're crawling and that, no, that is the do. problem with the weather in the UK. It changes so quickly. Oh, yeah, especially in places like Dartmoor. Because that time we got hit by the 60-mile-an-hour winds. All week we were watching the weather, keeping an eye on it because it hadn't been very good. And then the morning we left, oh, look, the weather's going to be fine. So we were like, yeah, it's definitely on. Didn't even think to check it through the day until we'd set up the tents. And it's like, oh, oh no, the weather's returned to how it was. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it caught us out. Mate, that's not fun at all. No, it wasn't. But it was. I say it wasn't, but you always remember those times and they don't put you off. You still get back in the morning and you're tired and you're wet and you're cold and uh, you've got to hang your wet tent out somewhere and dry it. Um, not the living room. No. <laughs> and uh, as soon as you've done all that, you think, can't wait to go out again. You forget. It's like walking up a hill, isn't it? When you're walking up a mountain, you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? By the time you get up the top and you've taken them views, you could do it again. <laughs> you're like, Should I do this again? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, I've seen you've done try fan. I've tried to do it twice yeah. now, and both times I've been blown off because of bad weather. Yeah. It, that was a great. I can't get it. That was, it was a, that was the second mountain I ever done, and it felt like a mountain. I came back off that thinking, wow, I've actually been up a real mountain. Even though Snowdon was a mountain, obviously, bigger than Triffin, but it's a path all the way up. You, you feel like you're just walking on a footpath, whereas Triffin, you've got the scramble at the top. We got completely lost in the mist. Our navigation absolutely sucked. We were walking up the mountain next to Triffin. <laughs> and we thought oh, we going up Triffin. We got to the summit and then the mist cleared and we realised we wasn't at the summit. We was at one of the false summits. It was a real eventful day, but then when you get down and look, you think, it's been up that. It was amazing. Mate, that is... Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's, I think it's one that pushes people harder than they think, you know, because they do Snowden, like you said, and Snowden now it is a walk in the park. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of people do it. You know, that was the thing when we done Snowden, and I said, "Oh, we're going to go up Snowden." Everyone I said that to said, 
Oh, I've done Snowden. And you think, oh. I, I felt like I was, oh, I'm actually going up a mountain. And then when you realise how many people have been up there, you're like, oh, it's not that much of an achievement. But it is, you know, it's a great, it's great to have got up there. But it's a common achievement. So I think doing Triffin on that same weekend sort of gave us um, a bit of one-upmanship. So when you said to me, Snowdon, you're going to have a day, and they go, oh, we've done Snowdon. Yeah, yeah, we've done Triffin. Yeah. We've camped on the side of Triffin. That that was not a fun experience. No. I can imagine the weather. When the weather turns up there, you'll be... Yeah, that was that was the problem. We got caught halfway up, and the, the weather just went horrific. And we're like, okay, right, we're on a sort of flat piece here. Um, do we try and get down? And it's wet, raining, it's windy. Or do we just stay where we are and wait it out? So yeah, tarp out of bag, <laughs> BV bag, creep in and just wait it out. Yeah, that's uh, a tough call, isn't it? But. I saw someone had posted up a photo on one of the outdoors groups I was on the other day, and they was like on the mountains, pointing at this way, uh, this cloud coming in, going, "Whoa, look at that!" And they looked amazed, you know, looked amazed by this cloud, big black cloud heading towards them. But their caption was, "This is forty-five minutes, or no, this is fifteen minutes before I was cowering in a heap, crying for my mum." <laughs> And it's like a thunder cloud that just, as it was approaching, they thought, that looks fantastic. Once they was in it, different kettle of fish. I bet that must be absolutely horrific, you know, terrifying to be caught in like a thunder cloud or something. Oh, like yeah, especially half of a mountain. Yeah. No fun whatsoever. No. So I thought good on him for sort of sharing that point of view. That's what I mean. You You like to see the realistic side of these things. You want to see, well, I personally do. You know, I've read a lot of books about um, Everest, and it's either like all about disasters or it really romanticises it. And there was one book I read called The Death Zone by yeah. a bloke called Mac, Matt, Diff, Dickinson, Matt Dickinson. And... Um, he was a TV producer and he was asked to go up Everest with, um, oh God, his name. Brian Blessed, Brian Blessed. And I think it was Brian Blessed's third attempt to go up Everest. Um, this TV producer was like, yeah, I can do that. And he admits in the book that he'd only ever been up one mountain, that was Snowden, he didn't even make it to the top. And his account of it, I just think it's such a great book because you see a side of the mountain that you don't get in other literature. And he's just saying how base camp and the camp up above, the higher you get, these camps are just disgusting. They're littered with tents, littered with feces that just freezes and, you know, years and years of people's toilets, you know, this and... Just gives you this sense that you think, well, I've never heard that. You know, it's just this realistic sort of portrayal and how he was underprepared for it mentally and physically, but he still manages to like push on and 
yeah, I just thought that was a real great book and a real sort of an inspiration just to, you know, he was out of his element, but he still just went for it. Yeah, hunkered down and, you know, just grit your teeth, grim and bear it type thing. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, he was in the company of people who knew what they were doing. Obviously, I'm not saying just go and do these things whether you think you can handle it or not. Safety's got to come into it at some point. I just thought that was a good account of, uh, you know, mountain climbing that I hadn't didn't don't often get in, in the books that I'd read up to that point. Yeah, you don't hear about you know everyone thinks you yeah, I've done this, I'm gonna publish a book about it. It was you know, I did XYZ, you know, and the as you said, romanticize romanticizing it and you know, making it sound not as difficult as it actually is. Yeah, I think it's like um there's, there's the two extremes, isn't there? That it's either all about all the people who've died up on Everest, or it's all about people who glide up Everest, you know? And yeah. this book just fell in the middle and just such a sort of a down-to-earth perspective. And I think it was even a TV, there was a TV s- series of it as well where, he, you know, obviously that's why they were there, but I've never, I've never seen it. So I always think I, I should, it's probably on YouTube, I should just YouTube it and see if it's on there. But... Oh, 100%. It would definitely be worthwhile. Yeah. So that YouTube video now has got to get loads of views from people going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but They're right, probably thinking, what the hell are we on about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Brian Blessed ever made it up to the top of Everest in the end. But good on him for trying. Don't know if I would. 100%, mate. That's and all I it is. Know. You know, just try, try again. Yeah, perseverance. It is key. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Um, uh, right, just to finish off. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you listen to the previous episodes of this podcast, you'll have a one-upmanship on poor um, Oscar Outdoors when I ask this question. Uh, my question to you is, how do you incorporate your love of the outdoors into your everyday life? to my everyday life yeah um it's usually every day i'm editing a video (laughs) or planning my next video (laughs) or planning my next walk i'm always thinking about where i'm off next and i don't know just it's always having something to look forward to um and revisiting those videos, uh, those memories through my editing. Yeah, it's yeah, the medium like... of your videos which allow you to, you know, to you know, remember and want to continue you know, going outdoors and they going keep, outside. They keep me going out, you know, because I think I'm running out of videos. I've got to go out again. <laughs> the, the two feed each other. It's, it's been fantastic, to be honest. And it's something I never... When I was younger, I was... Not lazy. I'd work. I work hard, but then on a weekend I wouldn't really want to do anything. And uh, Nath, who I do the channel with, he always used to say, "I oh, should come out hiking with me." I just look at him. Why would I want to hike? Why would I want to go out walking on a weekend? You know, what's that all about? 
and now I completely did it. And um, yeah, it's like a battle with my teenage son. Come out for a walk. He gives me that look that I used to give Nathan. Why would I want to go walking? What What's wrong with you? <laughs> but and now yeah, you're yeah. a full-on advocate of it. Yeah, I love it, and it's it's great for your body. It's great for your mind. Nothing better than having done a long walk. You just feel exhilarated and ready to go until the next morning. Oh. Your muscles seize up. <laughs> I think that's walking about. I think that's old age. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it probably is. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do too bad for my age, you know. That's the whole point, mate. You know, you're getting out there. You know, you're trying things, and you know, you're pushing yourself probably a lot harder than most other people are. Yeah, it's um, it's late coming to me. You know, I was what was I, thirty six when I first started hiking. So already, I can feel my knees starting to go, which is a shame. But I've got to get as many miles in and as many mountains in as I can until that. Up until they completely pack up, but yeah, so far they're all right. They got me up um, Omu Peak in Romania. That was the last year, the back end of last year. That was the best experience I've had so far. Winter hiking in the Romanian Carpathians. Wow! It's just yeah, I'd never seen that coming. Even at the beginning of the year, that wasn't on the cards. It was we went to the Brecon Beacon for some chaps that I work with. And one of them, his brother lived in Romania and he said, oh, we should go and do these mountains. And we was all, yeah, let's do that. And he just planned it there and then booked it the following week. And it was, oh, we're going, you know, spur of the moment thing. Cheap as chips. Um, so it just sort of, yeah, there's going to be more of that in the future, I think. Just picking up and going when we can. Not thinking about well, it. I do look forward to it. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we can all see these expectations on your YouTube channel, Summit or Nothing, and also on your Instagram as well. Um, which is also be for everyone to go find you. Yeah, they're all there. Summit or Nothing, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, I don't I don't use Twitter as much as I should. Never got I'm not a massive it. advocate of Twitter. No, I don't know why. I just never... Whenever I tweet anything, I get the same two people like it and retweet it <laughs> but that's it it's never grown and i've never really pushed it but right, that's fine um obviously it's been a pleasure having you on also all i can say is thank you all right thank you very much for having me kieran um now i'm quite happy right you. it's been nice to have a chat <laughs> say again so hopefully it's not been as too awkward you won't be having me again yeah I'll I'll, I'll, as i said i'll have anyone on again yeah <laughs> No, it's great, mate. Yeah, thank you ever so much. And um, no. yeah, keep up the good work. I will try, mate. I will try.